here we go. Is the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Previous administration negotiated an agreement with the Taliban. He should be less focused on trying to blame this on someone else than to solving the problem of making sure that we protect and defend American security. This did not happen on our watch. Uh, sorry. This is Devious Motives with Brett Winterbull. I'm Brett Winterbull. This is Devious Motives. We look at the collapse of Afghanistan and we shake our heads in abject disgust. It's not lost on me. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna be taking some partisan shots here. Sorry if anybody's offended, but uh, the same vice president who sat idly by as Benghazi and our mission in Benghazi was attacked by uh, radical Islamic terrorists, and, and and there was no air support. Yeah, you, you had to rely on retired former special operators. You had to rely on contractors to go out there and save lives there at Benghazi. The same vice president is now the president of the United States, and the exact same thing is happening in Afghanistan. Now we are going to have to just rely on private contractors, operators, international efforts to go and rescue Americans. And the the fact of the matter is uh, this notion that we tried really hard to reach out to these folks and tell them that they had to leave. I, I would I would hate to be somebody on a road with a drunk that came from one of these people's parties going out there. Well, we told him he shouldn't drive home drunk. Take the keys. We we told him he shouldn't drive drunk, that there was a risk of, of, of harm or death or something like that. We, we told him, we, we tried to reason with him, and uh, we told him, we said, don't drive home. And then he got in the car and he drove home. This is disgraceful. And it, this is not a hard thing to understand. I'm talking to kids, and I mean kids, I mean high school kids, about this very story of what just happened in Afghanistan. And these are kids who are either inclined or were curious about potentially signing up uh, to the U.S. military uh, to, to support the country, to, say, to, 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 to work for our nation. And they said to me to a person, wait a minute, wait a minute, how, how many more years will Joe Biden be the president of the United States? Oh, three and a half more years? I, I don't think I'm going to consider that as an option right now. You, I promise you this conversation is being held around the country to watch the father. And I'm not going to play the sound. It's been played. But to watch the father of the fallen soldier talk to Sean Hannity and tell the world how disgusted he was that Joe Biden kept looking at his watch during the transfer of the remains of our American fallen heroes like he had someplace else to be. I don't understand this, the notion that we know as we speak, girls and girls schools are being machine gunned and there's, there's just silence. Where the hell is the pussy hat crowd? And I'm not joking. Linda Sarsour, one of the, one of the organizers of the pussy pussy hat crowd protests. Where's Linda Sarsour? Where's Madonna? I have often thought a lot about blowing up the White House. Well, I got news for you. Schools over in Afghanistan are being blown up right now. Innocent people are losing their lives. This this is an incredible thing. I, I look at this and I say, wait a minute, hold on. In, in the attack on Benghazi, 
You had woke generals refuse air support to the compound. You relied on uh, private contractors that were retired special operators. And in this case, you, you had woke generals, General Milli Vanilli himself and, and others, refuse to go and uh, render aid to the Americans that were out there. And the, the, the dismissal coming from Tony Blinken was, well, they, we, we called them and we told them, they better go, you better go, you better go, you better go. There's audio of women on a tarmac. There's audio of women on a tarmac crying because they couldn't get into the airplanes. Do you know that there were 6,000, I think is the final tally, five or 6,000 Americans that got out on the flights? And the, the rest are international people, meaning Afghans and others. They're bragging about getting 130,000 people out in the airlift. 6,000 are Americans. So so I'm just going to do the math here real quick. That's 125,000 that are not, but you couldn't get the other 250, 300, 400 people to get them on the plane, right? Gotcha. Understood. We are witnessing a parade of failure, the likes of which I do not believe we'll ever come back from. And you may disagree with that. And I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. I, I'm I really... I don't care if Trump's doing this. I'm calling him out. Biden's doing this. I'm calling him out. I, I don't care who the president is. I care about our standing in the world. And I want to know why $85 billion in technology got transferred to the Taliban. I want to know why they have our uniforms, our guns, our night vision goggles, all of that, all of those uniforms, all of those guns, all of the goggles, all of the technology. Those can be used in a terrorist attack. They can be used to conceal your identity. You can go in and try to fade in like a like a like a soldier going to a secure location and then suicide bomb it. This thing is insane. And I still continue to run across these geniuses on the socials who want to come at me and say things like they were told did not. They were told to leave. They were told to leave. They didn't leave. So now not leaving is a death penalty call. That, that, that's a death penalty, right? Not leaving is a death penalty. This is the sort of conversation that's going on around the country. I'm, I'm getting emails, text messages. I'm getting phone calls from friends of mine who are saying, I, I can't believe what we're watching. I can't believe that we're just sitting here and, and there's no good explanation for why we pulled out like this. I don't care what the president said, says, whatever. We bailed. We bailed. We, we folded. We said, you know what? This is a, a, this is a, situation that we're not going to live up to our word because of the way this is going we just don't have the ability to help anybody out you know it's just look here is uh here's the attempted explanation by jake sullivan the national security advisor who i think ought to be unemployed but they'll keep him because he's a perfect he's a perfect uh, emo fit for this team uh, i'm a little salty on this stuff today when, when i'm hearing the audio of children and and young girls being killed uh, when i'm seeing that they left service dogs behind when I'm seeing the effort that was uh, really not put into to getting anybody else out and just left people sitting on buses and in vehicles who'd been sitting for nine and ten hours to try to get through the checkpoint, nobody came to save them, and it's young girls, it bothers me a lot. I, I still believe that men have a responsibility to protect women. I know I'm old-fashioned. I don't care. I don't care, but I will tell you this right now before I play you some Jake Sullivan. If you are um, an adult of any kind, 
you need to go out and teach your daughters how to shoot, or you need to take your daughter to a range and, and, and have a professional teach her how to shoot, because the only way we're going to avoid a repeat performance of this is our Second Amendment has to be protected, and you should teach your daughters how to become proficient with a firearm, because you don't ever know where and under what circumstances they may find themselves in a place where women haters are hunting women. They could be overseas. At least they can handle a. Uh, at least they can handle a Glock. Teach your daughters how to shoot. Teach your sons how to shoot too, and your spouses. Everybody should know how to shoot a gun, as far as I'm concerned. But this is just this is just so profoundly sad. Here's Jake uh, Jake uh, Sullivan. Little Jakey Sullivan explaining the rationale for what it was, what went down. The small number who remain, we are committed to getting out, and we will work through every available diplomatic means with the enormous leverage that we have and that the international community has to make that happen. That we have? You've got a mouse in your pocket, Jake? What, what, what do you mean that we have? What, what leverage do we have over the Taliban? We gave them the $85 billion in armaments. The State Department's now got a got an alert out. Do not travel to Afghanistan. We're, wow, I thought we were everything was cool and we could just get our people out. Now there's a do not travel to Afghanistan warning coming from the Department of State. That's a Tony Blinken's operation. But we can we have a we have a lot of power to to leverage with the Taliban. We can tell them that we won't give them helicopter. No, they got the helicopter uh, up armored. No, they got that Un, uniform. No, they got uniform. Got, no night vision goggles. No. Jets, no. Tanks, armored personnel, no, no, no. They've got everything. <laughs> they got $85 billion worth of stuff that they can just liquidate out there on the international terror market. You understand that? My God. I mean, this is, this is insane. So, so here's, here's Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor. And he comes out and he says, you couldn't make a tough call like this. Joe Biden made a tough call. He made the tough call. Joe Biden is a tough man making tough calls. Here is, uh, here's Jakey Sullivan. Leadership means taking a look at the situation and asking the hard question, what is going to be in the best interests of the United States of America, those American citizens still in Afghanistan, and those Afghan allies? And he got a unanimous recommendation from his Secretary of State, his Secretary of Defense, all of his civilian advisors, all of his commanders on the ground, and all of the Joint Chiefs of Staff that the best way to protect our forces and the best way to help those Americans was to transition this mission. At the end of the day, the question will be, did we protect those American citizens? Did they get out if they wanted to get out? We believe that we will get out any person who wants to get out, and we will have completed that mission. And those who are criticizing are not the ones who have to sit in the situation room and make the hard calls about the threats that we face and the objectives we're trying to obtain and President Biden made that hard call, and it is a call he believes will ultimately serve the interests of our people, all of our citizens, and our country. Guys, got to be so comforting for people who are living and laying in abject fear tonight there in Afghanistan in, a, uh, in an apartment, and, and they hear the Taliban are going through the streets and they want to murder people, and, and they're laying there going, God, I just, I know I'm terrified. I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to be potentially killed by these maniacs. I, I know. I, I know, but you know what? You know what makes me feel good? You know what makes me feel really good? I mean, I'm, I'm going to get tortured and killed. And what makes me, uh, Joe Biden showed so much leadership. I just, I'm so proud of my president, even though he won't get me out of the country because he sold us out. Arguably, Benedict Arnold level violation. I mean, uh, people are going to be mad. Be mad. I don't care. You want to be mad about what I'm saying? I'm being honest. We're sitting here with an eyesight. We're sitting here within 12 days of 9 11. And, um, 
you are not safer. You are you are you are no safer today. You are no safer today than than you were at seven o'clock in the morning on September eleventh, two thousand one, just before the attacks took place. We are exactly back to square zero, to square one, or square zero. We we're even actually back. But Jakey Sullivan says we can pressure the Taliban. We can pressure them with aid. No, really, aid, food aid, uh, crops, uh, uh, other aid, and then some more aid. We 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 are have got a hundred countries on board ready to pressure the Taliban. And um, we're going to we're going to pressure him on the aid here. Check it out. We do believe that there is an important dimension of humanitarian assistance that should go directly to the people of Afghanistan. They need help with respect to health and food aid and other forms of subsistence. And we do intend to continue that. Secondly, when it comes to our economic and development assistance relationship with the Taliban, that will be about the Taliban's actions. It will be about whether they follow through on their commitments, their commitments to safe passage for Americans and Afghan allies. Their commitment to not allow Afghanistan to be uh, a, a base from which terrorists can attack the United States or any other country. Their commitments with respect to upholding their inter international obligations. It's going to be up to them. And, and we will wait and see by their actions how we end up responding. Don't make us come up there, Mr. Taliban. Don't make us come over there, Mr. Taliban. Or we're not going to let you have any peas. 33 Black Hawk helicopters, 169 armored personnel carriers, 22,000 armored Humvees, and 358,000 rifles. That's what we sent to the uh, Afghan military. That's all, basically, that's all basically in the hands of the Taliban now. But we're going to deny them the aid. You won't deny anything to them. You know why? Because Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar and Adam Smith from Washington State will go on TV on a Sunday show with Crazy Maisie Hirono, and they'll go, they're going to starve the Afghan people. are going to all be starving. They're going to die. You can't deny aid. What kind of a Nazi would de deny aid to the poor people? Okay, let's, let's play the game this way. Who controls Afghanistan? The Taliban. That's right. The Taliban controls Afghanistan. Um, Who's in charge of accepting aid coming into Afghanistan? The Taliban. Come on. So they're going to take the aid. They're going to sell the aid. They're going to trade the aid. They're going to convert the aid to cash. They're going to convert a lot of these weapons to cash. They don't need armored personnel vehicles. Uh, they, they need like maybe a thousand of those. They, they don't need all those Black Hawk helicopters. They'll sell those to the Chinese and the Iranians. Uh, they, they don't need up armored Humvees. Uh, they don't need MRAPs. They don't need... Uh, 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 all that's they can just sell all this. All this stuff becomes it's 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 like when the looters loot stores during riots and they tell you it's for social justice. Oh, George Floyd, George Floyd. No, it's they're they're looting because they want to make money. It's why they take their skateboards and smash windows. All right, this is all it is. As far as the Taliban is concerned, this is just reparations. They're just going to call this reparations. Yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw. President Biden, look at his watch 13 times. I mentioned that in the beginning of this uh, podcast. But this is, this is insane. This idea that we left Americans behind, I, I, don't, I, I can't even imagine this. I never could have imagined this. So when I, um, when I talk to uh, people, and they may express an interest in possibly joining the military, I'm going to tell them, well, just make sure you have a president in office who might actually want to try to get you back. Because... Uh, as of now, the only person Joe Biden has ever been connected to rescuing 
is Bo Bergdahl, and he traded five Taliban bosses for that, including uh, Baradar, who's now running Afghanistan. So I got a question from Cameron, who wants to know, why can't we just turn around and bomb Afghanistan? Like, why couldn't we go back and level Bagram, level uh, the Taliban airport at Kabul? Why couldn't we go back? Because we have Americans on the ground. The reason why you get the Americans out is you have more options. If you have Americans left on the ground, you have human shields. You have human shields. So it is of no benefit to leave Americans behind if you can possibly avoid it because it limits your options by which you can do your thing. And now that there are Americans on the ground in Afghanistan, something very clear is, 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 is obviously coming to mind, and that is other terrorist groups are going to try to obtain these Americans. So I don't know that you're not going to find a Taliban commander who's not going to be willing to trade to ISIS-K for a half a million dollars and a ticket out of Afghanistan because he's had it with the fighting. I don't know. This is going to become currency. In, in a place where you have no functioning economy, everything is currency. Water is currency. TVs are currency. Sex is currency. Drugs are currency. Everything is currency. Currency just happens to be green pieces of paper and credit cards in our culture. But the, the fact of the matter is, these, these hostages are now currency. This is what they are. And so I just wanted to jump in here and give you my analysis of what it is that we just saw take place in these last 24 hours. Now, I hesitated to comment in the aftermath of the suicide bombing because there were going to be a lot of ebbs and flows. And the reality is we didn't we didn't exact any revenge for the suicide bombing and the murder of 13, 14 uh, American heroes, because there are American heroes who are in critical condition and may pass away as a result of their wounds. We, we don't know any of that. OK, but what we do know right now is that the Taliban is in control and we have basically uh, thrown in the towel in terms of confronting them. So what happens if, God forbid, we have another 9-11 situation? Well, Joe Biden gave you that answer. And he gave you that answer uh, just in the last couple of weeks. He said, no, 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 there's not going to be another 9-11 coming from the United States. So if another 9-11 happens and it uh, emanates out of uh, West Africa, uh, Joe Biden's going to look like a genius. The problem is Joe Biden's never been right on a foreign policy matter yet. Hasn't. There are two amazing sound bites I want to kind of uh, leave you with here because I thought the guy got it spot on and he's not somebody I would normally be playing sound from. Richard Engel is an NBC correspondent. I think he's their chief foreign correspondent. And when asked to sum up basically what it is we all just learned as a result of uh, of this poll out, I think he summed it up very eloquently. Uh, normally, I've, I've kind of rolled my eyes when I'd see him do coverage, but I think he was being sincere when he talks about this. This is the first clip about what, what the takeaway from what we just watched in this surrender was. If you step back and you look at what is going on, this is the United States after 20 years. This war used to be called Operation uh, Enduring Freedom. And it's turned out not to be enduring, and they're not leaving behind a society that is free. It is only free according to what the Taliban says it will be free. If the Taliban promises that it will be free. So uh, you could also look at this as a tremendously humiliating humi uh, moment of American humiliation, right. leaving, forced to leave on the Taliban's clock uh, and, and with the Taliban's good graces. So tactically it makes sense, but I'm not sure how history will, I think history will judge this moment as a, as a very dark period for the Very dark period. Here's how he... Uh... Here's how he ultimately closes out the analysis in this. This this set off a lot of people who uh, 
who who don't like to hear him say things that are uh, against the uh, uh, against the uh, Biden administration. The worst capitulation of Western values in, in our lifetimes. You left behind. I, w- I went to Afghanistan. I arrived a couple of weeks ago. It was a republic backed by the United mm-hmm. States, backed by the West. Now it is an emerging Islamic emirate. The person I think the most about in the wake of all of this is Johnny Spann. I've been thinking about Johnny Spann for the last uh, for the last two or three weeks. Johnny Spann was the, uh, the first the first person to lose their life uh, in a essentially in a shootout there in Afghanistan. Back with uh, Johnny Walker Lind, remember at the Mazari Sharif Prison Center that uh, resulted in an uprising with these folks who. Uh, who were trying to to fight off the American forces. And and Johnny Spann was actually a CIA officer who was there working. And he ended up getting shot and killed by the Taliban fighters who rose up in an insurrection there at this uh, detention facility. And that resulted in Johnny Walker Lind, uh, who was originally the American Taliban. They called him the American Taliban. You can look him up. He was from Washington state and Marin County and all these places. He's a freak who is uh, who is uh, all about the Taliban and, and, and Bin Laden and all that sort of stuff. And I know got convicted, got put in prison and got out of jail. Johnny Spann died. And uh, when he died, he had a, 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 a newborn baby, either born or on the way. And he lost his life in this fight in a noble way. And he's a hero. He's a hero. Nobody remembers that name. I've remembered that name for 20 years because I wanted to remember the very first person that sacrificed in the wake of September the 11th in that way. And, and to sit back here 20 years later and, and think about those about 20-year-old 13 service people who were defending our country, who lost their lives, and to think of Johnny Spahn, who was at the other end of the spectrum 20, 20 years ago, is, is very sad and very heartbreaking. The reality is war is a horribly tragic thing. And if you rush into a war, you will oftentimes find it difficult to get out of the war. But the first time in American history that I can recall, I, I don't remember ever seeing. I don't remember ever seeing um, a, a group of people so excited about losing a, a fight. As we've seen with the Biden administration. Uh, frankly, I, I think every one of them bears responsibility for what it was that we just saw play out. And I know that they're going to tout how the success went and how successful they were and how great everything is. This is horrible. This is horrible. And I think what we need to do is to demand a much higher standard if we're going to ever go into another conflict again, because there's no accounting for incompetence. I'm Brett Witterbull. This is devious motives, the collapse of Afghanistan and the defeat in the war on terror. Devious motives with Brett Winterbull.